There are lots of places in the world where you can get a tattoo. But there is only one place where you can get a tattoo from an artist whose family has been in the business for 27 generations. I am a member of the Razouk family, which has been doing tattoos for the past 700 years. Is this your first tattoo? After 90 years, you decide to get your first tattoo. Only because I'm here. Only because for the pilgrimage. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're taking you to Razouk Tattoo in Jerusalem. It's a spot where Christian pilgrims have been stopping to get permanent souvenirs from their travels for centuries. That is after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. The ceiling and the walls are all domed. And they are all made of stone. So you can see the stone... And uh, you can feel that it's, uh, it's a very old place. If you find yourself in Jerusalem, head to the Jaffa Gate in the center of the old city. Duck into an alley just off the gate's massive sand-colored stone walls and head up some small stone steps. You'll come across a little tattoo shop. When you come into the shop, uh, you feel like you are, you know, coming inside a cave. The shop is cool, but... People don't come here for the shop. They come here for Wasim. So my name is Wasim Razouk. I am a tattoo artist. I am the 27th generation of tattooists. You said you are 27th generation tattoo artist? Correct. (laughs) What? How many years does that equate to? When did your family start giving tattoos? We've been doing tattoos for 700 years. (laughs) 700 years. They haven't been in Jerusalem for the entire time, but they've been there for the majority of it. We are Coptic Christians. We were one of those tattooers who were doing tattoos for Christian Copts. And 500 years ago, we came from Egypt to the Holy Land. 
for pilgrimage. My ancestors stayed here because they decided to start doing tattoos for pilgrims uh, as certificate of pilgrimage, which is a tradition that has been going on now for about a thousand years. Back in those days, you couldn't just hop on a plane and arrive bright and fresh for your pilgrimage within hours. The trip took months or even years, and it was dangerous. There were diseases on the ships, thieves. You could die before you even got there. So Christian pilgrims who successfully made the journey wanted to have proof of their trip. And that meant they got a certificate of pilgrimage inked on their arm. This pilgrim who did make it to the Holy Land and back home wanted a sign that they can take back with them. And even without them saying it, just by you know, extending the, ar- the hand to shake hands, people could see, because they would do the tattoo on the forearms, people could see this Jerusalem cross on them and right away understand and know that those people have made their pilgrimage. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around the idea that your family was like tattooing medieval pilgrim pilgrims like like medieval soldiers medieval you know religious pilgrims like that this can you describe how those tattoos were done and like how that's changed over time the tattooer would would uh use a stick like a pencil with a needle the needle is is attached to it with a thread uh and then they would use ink which they would make themselves And then they would dip the needle in the ink, and then one dot at a time, uh, they would create a continuous line of the design, which was, you know, very difficult to do. And and even nowadays, people ask for for this technique. Sometimes we do it. I think of it as uh, like stick and poke, right? It's kind of made up comeback in the tattoo world. This is how all tattooing started and before the machine and everything. For example, my grandmother used to make uh, my grandfather's ink at home uh, where they would uh, um, bring oil lamps and they would uh, have them lit all night, all day. And then there there would be like a ceramic plate on top and it would collect all the soot. And then they would take the soot and uh, mix it with wine and olive oil and, and the secret formula. I don't know what that formula. And they would make the holy ink. And, and so this is how they used to make their ink. Mm. It sounds like you still do stick and poke once in a while, but you you use now an a an electric tattoo gun. When did that enter into the the scene? When was that getting first used? My grandfather. So I think it's uh, back in the fifties. They had seen some some things in newspapers about tattoo machines and about electric tattoo machines. So they used a doorbell to create the first. <laughs> yes, the old doorbell with the magnetic. Uh, um, you know, it rings with the magnet. Yeah. Uh, so they used that, and it was very heavy, but they used that to create my grandfather's first machine, um, first electric machine, and they would up- operate it with a car battery because they didn't have power. <laughs> when you walk into Razouk Tattoo, you can see the pictures of Wasim and his ancestors all along the walls alongside the tattoo tools that they used. Wasim holds a modern tattoo machine in his photo. But next to his great-grandfather's photo, tucked inside the frame, is a little stick-and-poke needle. But while all the tattoo tools have changed, 
you also get to see the things that haven't changed at all. The thing about the designs themselves is that we have very, very old wooden stamps that we've been keeping and um, passing on in the family that have all the designs that were used um, all the way back since Egypt. As in, some of these stamps are well over 500 years old. For Americans, specifically, when, when, when I say I have a stamp that's 500 years old, a lot of people are like, wow, you know, you have a stamp that's 500, it's double the age of our country. The way this works is just like with any other stamp. You press it into ink, and then you put it on the person's skin. And then you tattoo over it, whether in the old-school stick-and-poke way or with a tattoo machine. And the stamp that touches your skin, these stamps that are hundreds of years old, has touched the skin of countless pilgrims before you. Back in the day, if you were a religious pilgrim, there was one tattoo, one stamp that you were likely to get as countless pilgrims before you had done. The Jerusalem cross is one of the main ones that pilgrims would get. And, and the Jerusalem cross is the square cross, if you can imagine it, with a big center cross. And then on the four corners of this cross, there are small crosses. And the meaning behind this one is Jerusalem as the center of the world, represented by the bigger cross in the center of the design. And then Christianity or the word of God spreading to the four corners of the world. It's very relevant to pilgrims because the pilgrim would be in one of those four corners of the world And then since he came to Jerusalem and he's done his pilgrimage to Jerusalem, then he is always and forever connected to Jerusalem. And this Jerusalem cross is the whole story of the pilgrimage. I'm curious if you have a favorite design. Maybe these things are like, uh, you've tattooed these designs a million times. One of my favorite designs that I really like is the San George. I, I love this design. It's one of, uh, you know, the San George uh, on the horse and uh, he's uh, slaying the dragon. So I have it on me. I have um, tattooed it on many people, specifically British people love it. Can you tell me a little bit about like, who is your clientele? Uh, is it is it people who love tattoos? Is it people who are specifically on religious pilgrimages? Like who tell me some of the stories of people who come in to get tattoos? The oldest person that I have tattooed in my life was a hundred and one year old woman. <laughs> and the youngest one that I have tattooed is a three year old child. Wow. So if that doesn't answer your question, I don't know what would. But I will explain more. Uh, the hundred and one year old woman, she had tattoos because she was an Ethiopian pilgrim and she had some tribal tattoos, but then she wanted this tattoo at 101 years old because it was her dream to come to the Holy Land and get the tattoo from the Holy Land, the pilgrimage tattoo. I, I even was very hesitant to do the tattoo for her because as her 80-something-year-old daughter approached me and told me, my, my mom wants to get a tattoo, I was like... <laughs> something year old woman and her mom wants to get tattoo the wrinkled skin very old skin is not easy to tattoo and i said i, I might not be able to and, she, and her daughter said do not even say that because she will not leave the holy land without without a, a tattoo you must have also over the years gotten some kind of 
maybe big name or like famous people coming through. I'm just thinking about the hundreds of years of history. There must be some like notable people who stopped in to get tattoos. Yes, we have tattooed a lot of famous people. Uh, British royalty have, have, have always gotten tattoos here whenever they are in town. Uh, where, where, I mean, like whenever they are in town, you know what I mean? Like when they come for visits, for official visits, the emperor of Ethiopia, Haile Selassie, huh. uh, when he was traveling or fleeing actually from Ethiopia to England, he stopped in the Holy Land and he got tattooed by my grandfather. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. I have a question for, about you. This is like a more personal question. But, you know, so 27 generations, 700 years, it's a lot of historical weight to like hold up as a kid, as a teenager. Did you want to go into this business? Did you like, or was it like, how did you deal with that pressure? What did you want to do when you were a teen? So I guess the pressure just made me escape from it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my father used to always tell me, you need to, to do this. You need to continue doing this. Uh, it's, it's a tradition in the family. Look, your grandfather, pictures from, you know, like he would show me and he would. And it was for me something that the family is doing that I don't want to do because simply it's what the family has been doing. Mm-hmm. I also like cars and motorcycles. And it, huh. I always wanted to do something with cars and, and bikes, building cars, building bikes and things like that. It was only when I was 33 years old when I uh, decided to start tattooing. And it was all because of the internet, really. It's, uh, where one time I searched the family name on what was Yahoo back then. <laughs> no Google. And I, I looked up Razook and uh, some things came up. Some articles came up. For me, when I saw that, I was like, wow, this is big. This is, you know, this is something um, my father, you know, is right. I, I, I should start thinking about this. I told my father I want to start and he was so excited. And then he started teaching me uh, how to tattoo. And, uh, and then I started tattooing. Do you have uh, kids yourself? Yes, 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 yes. So I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old. My 18-year-old has been tattooing for four or five years now. So they are into it. They want to do it. They want to continue it because they see the success that we've you know, we've achieved in the past years and how people appreciate us and how people come from the four corners of the world <laughs> really to come and get tattooed here. It was a big thing and they liked it and I think they will continue. You too can be inked by the Razouk family, either the 27th generation, Wasim, or the 28th generation, his sons. Uh, to find out more information about their shop, go to Razouk, R-A-Z-Z-O-U-K, tattoo.com. And thank you to Wasim Razouk for taking the time to talk with me about his family business. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by Amanda McGowan. 
The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder Arnold, Sarah Wyman, Manolo Morales, McKenna Smith, Gianna Palmer, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney, Guinevere Govea. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Dakota Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Dakota Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Dakota Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.